an hour of truth for the battered but proud people of the Empire State. From the financial and entertainment epicenter of New York City to the sleeping and empty small cities and towns of upstate, which once bustled with manufacturing, mining, and farming. We all know from inspiration, history, and nature, we deserve a return to the success and growth of generations past, a birthright being squandered by corruption in Albany, and the depredations of an insecure, scheming mountebank posing as governor, who loathes both us and himself. As liberty beckoned to enslaved peoples behind the Iron Curtain via American broadcasts after World War II, we now say, believe, rise, and join us. Welcome to Radio Free New York. Hey guys, welcome to Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister, and we've got Kevin Wilson here with us. Hello. Hey. How was your weekend, Kevin? Always good. I finally traveled a little bit. Oh, ventured did you? out you to go? the Utica area. Well, Utica area to visit my parents. So, which I, I my mom, there's like a 50 50 chance that she's listening. So, hi, mom. But uh, no, we went out to Utica area, just uh, had a barbecue outside, and yeah, it was a nice thing. Nice, I haven't seen nice. it since Christmas. Wow. Wow. That's that's a long time. Now, was that was that because of all the COVID stuff going on or that just happened to be how the schedule worked out? Yeah, it, it's mostly the COVID stuff. Like we planned on like, all right, we're going to go out and visit you in March again. You know, we had a busy January and February and then didn't get out. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. That, that happened to a lot of people. I think uh, I'm I've now got three different, you know, trips or travel plans uh, that we were going to do that have been interrupted by COVID. Um, some of that being libertarian events, you know, for a national convention yep. to seeing friends and family. We had friends who were actually supposed to come visit us. Uh, they're supposed to be here right now, actually, um, from Czech Republic that they're, they're not traveling. Yeah, ain't going to happen. Yep. Yep. So yeah, the COVID certainly has, uh, squashed a lot of people's plans. And now, um, with New York adding in their mandatory quarantine, which we talked about yesterday, um, and how even though it's not like the police are going to show up and force people to quarantine, at least not yet, um, people hearing that there's a mandatory quarantine, they just kind of assume that that's the case and it stops them from traveling anyways, or they don't actually have a 14-day trip planned um, where they could quarantine for 14 days and then still enjoy themselves where they're going. Yeah, right. I mean, that's part of what, like, the the Libertarian National Convention is supposed to be in Florida, and you're supposed to have a two-week quarantine to go down there. Yep. Uh, although it looks like that may be canceled now, too. Looks like the hotel where is booked, bailed on the yeah, party. Yeah, so yeah, I now... heard that. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's it's pretty interesting. And I'm I'm hearing different strange things from businesses um, day by day. You know, communication from the government has not been good. It has not been clear. And some things that some small businesses thought that they were supposed to do uh, has just been wildly wrong. Some people are finding out that things that they thought were mandatory um, were just things that the governor said during his live stream, but they weren't actually in executive order. They're not mandatory at all. They were just like optional suggestions. So they spent maybe a lot of money, a lot of resources, and maybe in some cases uh, reduced staff and therefore those staff income based on stuff that they thought was mandatory that wasn't. So, yeah. So just the, stuff the governor said spouted off and, mm-hmm. yeah, communication 
it continues to be excellent here in New York, but at least we have wonderful visual aids like uh, Governor Cuomo's conference yesterday with the mountain. Did you see the mountain? I, I did not see the mountain. No, please, Kevin, tell me oh. about the mountain. Oh, goodness. So uh, Governor Cuomo, to, to show us how much progress he made, they made a, a, a chart that was kind of the outline of like the, the hospitalizations for COVID-19 in New York State. So it was like a big, sharp increase and then like kind of a sloping down to where we are today. And uh, he had he had a whole sculpture made and it was uh, colored like rock. So it was like a mountain. He's like, New York, climb the mountain. Mm. And so, okay. was, yeah, so so Twitter's making fun because it is, goodness, an ugly chart or ugly like sculpture. And it's no one knows how much it ended up costing or why he made this thing. And it kind of looks like it is the color and texture of Jabba the Hutt. So people started photoshopping <laughs> Jabba the Hutt onto that mountain. And I, so I oh. tweeted that out yesterday. And so, and, and, and so like there's captions just like your Jedi mind tricks won't work, work on me. Governor oh, Cuomo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> That, that's great. That's that's awesome. I'm glad our taxpayers uh, paid for a job of the hut mountain and yep. Cuomo's um, live stream. That that's great. I'm sure the money was mel- well spent. We didn't need it for anything else here in New no. York. What do we need money for in New York State? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, we were talking <laughs> yesterday too about how the deficit is, you know, grown to at this point above I think 15 billion is yeah. is where we are now in new york um and and they're talking about not opening the schools which i think could be a financial thing to be honest but i uh i don't want to open up that whole can of worms so yeah. I'll, I'll give oh go ahead so that can of worms needs its own special show yeah yeah no absolutely and i see some people popping in the comments here too um if you are listening to the show and you want to participate in the conversation you can always jump on facebook or youtube or twitter search andrew c hollister pull up the live stream you can post a comment it'll come to uh, my screen and kevin's screen and uh if we if we look down which i'm not as good at but kevin's a lot better at maintaining the comments uh, we will see your comments you can also call into the show that is 585-346-3000, 585-346-3000, uh, if you guys have anything to contribute. Because today we're going to talk about some uh, some pretty interesting things. We're going to talk about the couple in St. Louis. If you guys haven't seen them, we have memes for you. So if you're listening on the radio... Um, at some point, you may want to jump on the live stream, even later. You know, go to YouTube, and you can see all the historical live streams that we've done. There's some some fun pictures that we're going to share with you guys. The other uh, thing that we're going to discuss is the fireworks, because that has been an issue. I think we've talked about it once or twice, but kind of like scattered here or there. Um, I actually want to talk a little bit and Kevin, you know, you can you can tell me what you think about this, but I think we should talk about a few of the conspiracy theories around the fireworks. Yes. No, I'm I've, down for some of this conspiracy theories because I've seen a bunch of them and they are fascinating yeah, <laughs> where yeah. they so come I from and how they manifested. I haven't read into any of them. Um, I've just kind of like heard one or two. I have my own theory that hopefully hasn't been like influenced by anybody else's. Um so we'll we'll see if you know a bunch of them. We'll see if my theory aligns with with any of the other ones you've seen, Kevin. 
Um, but it, it, I, so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to scroll through the comments here real quick, though, because I thought I saw one that, um, oh, yes. So it's from Nate on YouTube, and he says, he's honestly baffled at how mainstream media keeps touting out Cuomo like he's doing a fantastic job. Yeah. No, not. <laughs> it's, no, it's, it's it, you know, and it's funny because I've, uh, you know, my social media account, um, I'd like to think is fairly well blended. You know, I have people like really far on the left, um, that, like progressives, leftists, you know, I've got a lot of centrist people, I've got people on the right, and I, I see like this whole thing. And in the beginning, kind of like across the board, most people, when he started his live streams way back, like where were we like 130 days ago or something, um, everybody seemed to be like, wow, I really like how Cuomo's handling this. He's being clear and communicative. And, and you know, people on the right were like, yeah, you know, I got to give it to Cuomo. He's he's doing a good job. Well, that lasted about two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so after, after a couple of weeks of that, we're like, all right, man, like you're just using this to have an excuse to be in front of the media to talk about whatever your political priorities are and to show up and then – not answer questions about the actual failings of New York State. No matter how many times he said that we own this, we're all in this together. No, no accountability whatsoever. Just complete and utter mess. And it yeah. seemed like good communication at first, but it's a mess. And, and and I think New York really botched this in a lot of ways. Yeah, no, I agree. And so now my my kind of you know social media group of people, if you will. Um, now it seems that they're they're all tilting the other way pretty significantly. Like after yeah. about two weeks, it started to be like, ah, oh, you know, I don't really want to hear Cuomo anymore. Or he's not answering questions. Or does anybody understand this? Because he makes it sound like it makes sense, but then when I look at it, it doesn't really make sense. Um, to now, people seem pretty unhappy with him. And obviously, the nursing home stuff isn't helping him at all. And his reaction to the nursing home stuff, he doubled down on it the other day again. Um, of course which, he did. Yeah, it, it, it's, you know, at some point, you just got to admit that you really screwed up. But Cuomo just doesn't seem to be capable of doing that. So, nope, doesn't fit his political narrative as a hero. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. What would we do without King Cuomo to be here to scrape up all the money out of our wallets and protect us from everything? Yeah. All right, guys, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, we are going to talk about St. Louis. We're going to talk about, was this a Second Amendment win? Was it a Second Amendment fail? Does it have anything to do with the Second Amendment? Love to hear what you guys think. We're going to talk about that when we come back on Radio Free New York. You're listening to Radio Free New York. I was ruined. I was ruined. <laughs> there it is. The uh, the the Fonz. He he uh, can't admit when he's wrong. Just like uh, Governor Cuomo. I. You know what? That that word just phrase may not be in his dictionary. That that could be the problem. He just doesn't know how to say it. So he's just got. 
double down, double down, double yeah. down. Keep making up excuses, making up reasons, and uh, he just just can't admit it. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly what it seems like it is. Yeah, can't manage wrong. But all right, let's so talk let's... about. Uh, St. Louis Grand Theft yeah. Auto the, the, video game. The newest, that we most <laughs> viralist couple on the internet. Um, no, it's not Prince somebody or Princess another person. It is uh, actually, I don't even have their names. Kevin, do you, do you know what their names are? I, I, I don't know what their names are. I, I guess I'll uh, just they, start they're by a white couple. Yes. <laughs> how, how they're identified in every uh, single story. I know they're lawyers from St. Louis, and uh, where where are their names? Oh, so they're attorneys. See, I yeah, they're, they're attorneys. That. Yeah. So, so so while Kevin's looking this up, the, I, the article didn't have the names in it. That yeah, I the articles you. I didn't see any were. So just to bring you guys up to speed, you're probably seeing all these memes all over the internet right now. Um, of this couple, which I'm going to throw up on the screen for you right now. There they are. Um, who There was a protest and people marching for this protest in St. Louis to, um, I believe they wanted the mayor to resign. Is that yeah. is that right, Kevin? That is correct. And I do have their names. It's Mark and Patricia McCloskey. There you go. So, so Mark and Patricia um, felt that their home was in danger. It it sounds like based on everything I've read that they actually lived in like a, a private gated community and that it was actually fenced and walled off from the public. Yeah. So there's like you know, the the paint a vigil for you guys listening in Radio Land, like there's like a, a stone wall and then there's like an iron gate and people like walk through the iron gate and that leads to like kind of a private road where uh this home is. Yeah, so so these these people came here on this, you know, this private road. I does that make the road private property? I'm kind of thinking it is. It, it's um, apparently like maintained in part by the city because it's like a historical site. So I okay. guess this couple like refurbished that house into like a historical national historical monument type of thing. Okay, so, interesting. I mean, so the place looks beautiful from the pictures. That's that's yeah. for sure. So. So this couple, um, worried for damage to their property, comes out of their home uh, with firearms. And um, they're standing there, and it's just, it's just kind of bizarre how things look. And the, the first thing I would say is that there were two things. As, as somebody who is, um, has been involved in firearms my entire life, I am a certified firearms instructor. You you do not point a gun at somebody un, unless you're planning on shooting and you definitely don't have your finger in the trigger. Like those those are like if you look at the fundamental rules of firearm safety, um wow, I just when I saw that I, I had like this giant knot. My stomach like twisted up. Yeah. It, it it really it it messed with me seeing that like how that happened. Um, now that that part aside, there's there's a lot of discussion and questions about is what happened legal? Could they have done that? Um, you know, does the castle doctrine and the castle law uh, apply here? I didn't know they were attorneys. My guess is, being attorneys, they probably knew um, what they could and couldn't do. My guess is that they felt comfortable with what was going on. But there's Maybe, these videos but... of people walking by their home 
um, protesting. And, and some of the images showed it looked like the people walking through were actually on their property, but I couldn't get legitimate, yeah. valid information on that. Is that is that true, Kevin? Yeah, so like it kind of looks like the, a few of them are kind of walking up onto the lawn, the sidewalk, things like that. There's pictures, you know, like this one picture of the woman who's she's, – she's pointing the gun at people on – uh, and she's carrying a handgun. For if you haven't seen this picture, she's carrying a handgun. She's got her finger on the trigger the whole time, and like there's pictures of like protesters on her front lawn, and she's pointing uh, her handgun at them. Um, and, you know, maybe it's like twenty feet away. Yeah. Uh, so, so people are kind of coming up, and again, the, it's it's a little bit murky to me, and I, I'm seeing different things whether or not they the street itself is like semi public. Like it's it's like private, but like sort of not like people can be on it, but it's like access is supposed to kind of only be for these houses and they're trying to get to the mayor and they just happen to, to come up on this house instead. Yeah, um, yeah. The, 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 this couple was not the target of this, uh, but they're they're out like grilling or eating or whatever in the back area when the protest kind of came through and, you know, scared them. And, you know, I, I did want to make a comment on the lawyer thing just because. I think in the heat of the moment, if you're terrified, you might not be thinking as clearly as you may want to about what is legal and appropriate in these situations, which is why training is really important. And, you know, we can we can get into that a bit, but I, I don't know for sure that what they did was legal because I am not a lawyer, nor am I an expert in Missouri law. Um, but in the heat of the moment it's hard to remember all that stuff, even though it's very, very important that you remember that stuff. No, absolutely. And, and not just that, but if you are in fear of your life, you kind of switch into survival mode. And most state law that I've seen, if you're in fear of your life, that is basically the only justification to use deadly force. Um, I'm, I'm going to assume Missouri law has something similar to that, and I I would be willing to venture and guess that this couple probably saw media report after media report after media report of across the country um, people breaking into stores, people um, beating people. You, you saw the video from Rochester, for example, um, cop cars overturned. Uh, vehicles being set on fire, and and that I'm sure was something that was going through their mind as well. I I don't know how it couldn't be. Like if if you had seen that, I don't know how you couldn't at least be thinking about that and and wondering like, is this what's coming to me in my home? Now I, I wasn't there, um, but but I would yeah. imagine that if all of a sudden I looked out front. And there was just a horde of people coming in the direction of my home. The most recent thing I've seen on the media with hordes of people is not good. It's not, you know, so of course your mind's going to jump to survival mode. It's going to jump to, oh crap, I'm scared. What do I do? The The very first thing though is, wow, I mean, the way they were holding these firearms was definitely not safe. They were, it's just a scary situation. I'm sure every firearms trainer and many firearms owners across the country um, probably had a mini heart attack when they saw what was going on, especially you watch yeah. the video. 
So, so that oh, they keep I, pointing it at each other too. Yeah. Like, so that's like, the thing. So we call that flagging, um, yeah. where where like the barrel of of your firearm is pointed at another person, especially somebody who you don't want it pointed to. You know, and you do see him kind of like holding it to the side and like moving and stuff and like pointing his gun at his wife. Um, yeah, not not good. Really, really bad. If you take away anything from this, uh, take away that you need to get some firearms training if you don't have it. Because there there could have been a way that that happened that would have been safe and would not have drawn the amount of scrutiny that I'm sure is coming um, on top of what already has happened. And I'm kind of thinking they're probably going to get away with this. You know, and and I don't say get away with it like what they were doing was technically wrong, but geez, I I could never bring myself to point a firearm in the direction of another person unless I was truly thinking that there was going to be like death involved if if you don't yeah. get involved. So this, yeah, I think this I, just... I might have said something incorrect too. Someone said muzzle. Make sure you don't point the muzzle at someone else. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, so I think the question becomes, you know, is, is what they did, was that defending property and, and maybe their life? And is this, is is this what the second amendment is supposed to look like? Yeah. Is, is, is that the, the thought is that, and I'm asking you as the listeners who have hopefully seen a little bit of this, do you think that this is a second amendment win? Do you think this is a second amendment failure um they certainly looked foolish but if there was a threat nothing happened so we're, we're going to expand on this a little bit more when we come back from the break i'm going to read through the comments see what you guys had to say feel free to call in to um let's let's dissect this so we're going to be back in a moment on radio free new york listening to Radio Free New York. All right. Welcome back to Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister. We've got Kevin Wilson here with us. Yep. And, uh, you know, shout out to our listeners who are always so helpful and wonderful uh, with <laughs> providing us information right in the moment. So thank you, listener Jay Hamill, who, uh, who sent us a link to an interview uh, with uh, the gentleman involved in this situation, and so he has, it's about a nine-minute interview. I posted the link into the the live stream for any of you listening online. Uh, so that that was very informative because he gave his side of the things too. So it's not just seeing it on the video, you know, this moment divorced from context. So so you're able to kind of see their point of view and what was going on and and why they acted the way they did. Yeah, and so if you're just joining us here on the show. We're talking about the couple down in St. Louis who you've probably seen on social media at this point and in the news um, who had firearms out in front of their house while a protest was coming down their private road. Um, looks like people were even potentially on their private property. Um, Kevin, can you give us kind of like a summary of his side of the story based on what you uh, were able to gather from that? 
yeah, just just watching the video really quick, uh, you know, the, the highlight is that they the the group did break down the gate. What he says that like it, it was it was closed and, and locked before. He said that they broke it down. It wasn't just like open for people to walk through. But they came in, came up onto the property. He says it's it's private property, it's not a public space you know, be, being out. And, um, you know, as soon as he did that, he, you know, told him like, Hey, this is private property. You can't be here. Don't get and he said that, you know, they started threatening to kill him, threatened to like, uh, live in his house and like, you know, kind of eat the rich type of deal. Right. Like people were doing yep. that kind of a- angry mob mentality. So he went and grabbed his rifle. He insists that he never pointed his rifle at, at anyone. Um, and, but his, he said it, he kind of admitted in the interviews, you know, well, obviously you can see the video and the photos of it. That his wife had done that. And he said, like, his wife doesn't know anything about guns. All she knew that she was terrified and she came out to, you know, defend the property because she was scared because yeah. they said that people are threatening the killer. And that within minutes, he said, of, of the video and the photos going out, they were already getting death threats to both him personally and the business that you run, the law firm that they run. They ended up boarding up the the thing because people were threatening to burn down the office building, all that stuff. Um. So, yeah. So that that's that's kind of his thing. It's just you know, again, it's you, you have an angry mob who doesn't even quite understand what their target is. All they know is that there's some some rich guy in a big house yelling at them about private property, and and they're happy to you know break out the guillotines at this point so you know he, he wanted to defend so that that's that's the point of view that he's presenting yeah 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 so i i think that um there's there's a few things going on here worth bringing up the first being uh actual fear right like somebody breaks down a barrier that you believe is your protection yeah that that brings fear and then they come up on your property that that may very well be justified um, and I think, I think what we have here is we've got, you know, the two different sides seeing different things. I yeah. think you have people who see their side of the story and go, holy crap, I would be terrified if that happened. They were totally justified. And, yeah. and so maybe... hold on, okay, before we go any further, oh, go Andrew, let me put a massive disclaimer on this discussion. Neither of us are lawyers. We're not giving you legal advice. Like, yep. don't, yep. we're well, not this... telling you're going to be okay doing any of these things. We're just opinion commentators looking at the situation as second amendment advocates yeah that's and, all we're doing and i'm i'm even i'm not even talking about legalities i'm talking yeah, about that's what emotion, I'm saying. emotion yes, here exactly um, and, that, and that's that's why i just want to clarify we're not saying anything is legally justified we're not lawyers do not listen to us on that stuff like you need to talk <laughs> yeah. with an actual lawyer about that yeah. just to be clear so so i think the emotional reaction for some people is that this is very justified um, and that maybe, or not even maybe, that absolutely they need some training. They were not being safe. Um, if he didn't raise up his weapon in the direction of the protesters, uh, his his rifle is definitely pointed at his wife. Yeah. So, you know, even if he didn't point it specifically at the protesters, there there was some serious safety issues there. I think there's a number of people that look at this and go, yeah, that they feel emotionally that this was justified. Yeah, I mean, I, I get think it. If... the death threats that we're seeing come from the other side where these people say, and I, I saw the post, I saw people saying, these are peaceful protesters. Why are you pointing a gun at them? And so their side emotionally 
they see a group of people who and and a bunch of minorities and they see rich white people with guns pointed at minorities in their neighborhood and they don't understand the context or maybe they do understand the context and still feel that it's not right um and, and i i would say that those people probably don't feel emotionally wrong and i think emotionally they might look at it and, and be like yeah why are you pointing guns at people if they're not doing harm to you they probably don't realize what happened in the beginning. I think context is going to be extremely important here. Um, so in terms of a Second Amendment win, I, I want to say one thing for sure. Um, the the imagery, I think, is, is a loss. I think the way that they handled their firearms is a loss for the Second Amendment community. Um, however, there wasn't damage to their property. People didn't come yeah. assault them. It did what it was supposed to do, and I think probably there's a pretty good justification to say 30-round um, magazines, standard capacity, pretty important. There's no way they would have really been able to defend themselves long-term you know, against that many people with what they had. Yeah. No, it's just... Yeah, not not really possible. And and people are making comments too, like, you know, a mob could overpower these people with firearms and everything too. And you, you gotta be careful about what you're doing, both from like a legal perspective, pointing guns at people's a big thing. It's it's different from just having your gun out and showing it. Um but you know, I, I look at the situation and, and I get that. I get like if there was a group of a hundred people outside of my house, you know, that's what I would be thinking too, is like, Well, should I grab a firearm? Should I do I you know look like I'm prepared to defend myself. Is that the right thing to do in this situation? Uh, and, and I, but I think a lot of people are going to look at like the context of the overall situation and think like, yeah, you know, this is why, like if you have a group of people that isn't, if they're not listening to logic because they're, they're riled up into a frenzy at this point, you know, how do you, how do you defend yourself when you may not be able to count on police coming in the next few minutes? Yeah. And I, I, and I want to emphasize too, there are many places in the country, it actually may be the majority of the country, where open carry is 100% legal. And and they could have been standing there in front of their home, decked out with every firearm known to man, and probably would have been legally justified to do so. I think the biggest scrutiny piece is going to be pointing the gun at somebody. I, I really think that's going to be the biggest piece of scrutiny there. Um, but there, there's areas of the country, unfortunately, New York is, uh, well, actually, no, in New York, you can on your private, on your private property, I'm about 90% sure, um, you can, you can have a firearm open carried on your private property. It's the second you step into the road or the sidewalk or any public property, um, that you can't. So I believe, and somebody should fact check me on this that even in New York State, you could stand in front of your property with a rifle. Of course, probably a watered-down, SAFAC compliant not very functionable rifle. Right. Um, and you would, you would not be breaking the law, I believe. Uh, but the moment you take it a step further, um, I, I believe you'd be in trouble. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and uh, let me read off some of these comments too because we're getting a lot of comments on this one um you know jamie says uh yes when how else would you protect yourself your property from the mob uh, i wouldn't have raised the muzzle though uh, 
let's see what what else uh michael says me and my wife would have done the same the mob came but the couple had equalizers the the mob didn't expect that and moved on um and then you know it people are debating whether or not you know public versus private property doing things like that as you kind of mentioned on your private property it's a it's a little bit different um but you know that that is part of it and um you know other people talking about uh drew saying he he had a walked with the pro-life group in the 80s and, and someone had pointed a gun at the church group. Uh, if someone had pointed a gun at, at the church group, he would have been freaked out. And yeah, sure, if you're part of a protest and like you don't really know what's going on, you think you're going to the mayor's house and like some dude comes out with a rifle, you're going to be like, what is happening? And this um, this may change how protests happen. They, they yeah. might think, hey, you know what? Maybe we'll stay away from the private property. Maybe that's a bad idea. Yeah, so, I mean, they wanted to put pressure on the mayor, which wouldn't even get any of that, into any of that stuff. Like, they, they want to put pressure on the mayor for defunding the police, and there's something with the mayor had supposedly published some letters that had uh, address information on it, and that's why they were upset with the mayor. But again, you, you're part of a protest. Like, I've been, I've been in some in Rochester, and you're like, okay, so we're just going to kind of, like, follow the crowd and see where it goes and see what happens. And, you know, you might be just, like, kind of following in on this. And you're like, oh, okay, so we're going down this road, I guess sure you know this you know people said we're heading to the mayor's house and then suddenly you look out and you know there's this couple there's a there's the this guy with a rifle and a, a woman with a a handgun you know pointing at people so you know it's it's a it's a, a way to certainly escalate that situation and i think if you're on the other side of that you have to be aware of how showing a firearm escalates that situation too and kind of try to in the heat of the situation think about how your actions can do that or if you're you know part of a protest too you know if you're you're threatening a house you're threatening people be aware of how your actions can escalate tensions and and create a situation that is really dangerous for everyone around yeah no absolutely if people feel backed into a corner they they're gonna defend themselves that's that's not even just human nature that's that's just the nature of things that could be you know an animal or anything else if you feel backed into a corner you're going to use whatever means you have to defend yourselves all right guys you're listening to radio free new york we're going to take a break when we come back let's uh maybe talk about fireworks we'll be back in a moment on radio free new york Free New York. All right. Welcome back to Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister. We've got Kevin Wilson here with us. Over the break, we got a phone call from Terry in Rochester. Um, and he, he wanted to make sure that everybody knew that it was a gated community and the protesters did break down the gate to get in. Um, and, and there's some other information too, like their their dog being threatened, saying they were going to kill the dog. You know, if if those things are true, which I'm I'm saying if they're true, because things can kind of expand over social media and and even mainstream media. We see all the time is just wildly wrong with their facts. Yeah. But if those things are true, I I think these people were probably pretty scared. I yeah. I believe that. It's, it's totally understandable. So, uh, I mean, Terry, thank you for making that phone call and uh, adding to the conversation there. We, we love your phone calls, guys. Thank you. And, you know, I, I do want to add one other thing is that, that apparently this couple say they support the Black Lives Matter movement, too. They, they actually are generally supportive of this stuff. 
And they said that the actions of a few individuals who choose to exploit the otherwise peaceful protest, um, you know, put them in fear of imminent harm, you know, don't represent the whole thing. So it's interesting because they, they support apparently Black Lives Matter and police reform. They just uh, don't like that a group of angry individuals came up and threatened them. Yeah, which yeah. is and, fair, and that that puts an interesting twist on it. It's like we actually support the protesters. Just don't come scare the crap out of me. <laughs> you don't, know? don't come up onto my property, threaten me. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's uh. So that that is certainly an interesting uh interesting bit to add there. Now, um, let, let's talk about the fireworks real quick. I mean, we don't have enough time to really get into it, but I think uh, unless you want to shift it to another day, Kevin. What, what no, no, we'll, we'll talk about fireworks. We can talk about yeah. fireworks. We've got a couple minutes. So uh, so I'm, I'm just going to lead with my theory, if you will, about the fireworks. And then you can tell us all, all the, the conspiracy theories. And I think it was Jay way earlier in the show. He had mentioned that it's only a conspiracy until the facts show up and prove that it's true. Um, my theory is, and it, it's just kind of like a general thing, is that the police want the fireworks to go on for as long as possible. And they, they want that to happen because people will turn around and beg for more police funding. So right now the conversation is um, defund the police. And the fireworks have been going on before that, by the way. So so I'm not saying this is like some conspiracy that was put together. I, I, I think that the, the police and law enforcement right now are probably going, yeah, you want to reduce our budgets? You know what? that's fine. We don't need to really worry about these fireworks. Like, and I, I bet you when they look at call volumes, I bet you call volumes are going to be higher now than they have been in like, I don't know, last five or 10 years. And they're mm-hmm. going to say, see, look, look at this. You, you reduced our budget. We got more calls than ever before. Um, you, you need to increase our budget. And I think if it goes along long enough and for enough, further enough, that more people are going to actually ask for increased police funding. Yeah, so there it is. That's... Although let's let, let's be clear about something: no one has actually felt the impact of budget cuts for police yet. No, not, but that doesn't not a matter. Single department. That, it doesn't uh, matter. Like on, Rochester no, cut that's... like three point seven percent. It hasn't actually it yet, happened but... yet. Yeah, but that'll be, I think, the justification to say, "Look, we took ten thousand calls in one day. Never mind those about fireworks, and we're operating at full budget. We need more money." That's yeah. That's my thought. So let's hear some of these conspiracies. What would you do with it when you had full money? But no, conspiracy theories, a lot of them are very similar to yours. That oh, okay. The, well, except for it, people have taken it a step further to say that the police or the government somehow is getting fireworks to people. They're actually supplying the fireworks to create a situation where people are tense and feel like they need the police to step up and step in to solve this nuisance for their neighborhood. Um, and so that's, that's one level of conspiracy. You want to go a level deeper, let's <laughs> which go. I've seen. Let's go. Let's, let's dive down right, that rabbit I, hole. I saw only one, and it was, it was pretty intense. So we'll see yeah. if it's uh, what you got. So, so the next layer on that that I've seen is that the police are doing this not only to justify their existence and increased budgets, but also – to desensitize our communities or, or communities of color specifically, depending on which conspiracy you're reading, to the sounds of explosions happening all the time so they can conduct warfare on neighborhoods without it raising alarm. 
that if you have if you're hearing constant pops and bangs and all that stuff when they start attacking and raiding houses, you won't even notice. It'll just sound like fireworks in the background. So the government so the, can attack all of us. Yep. So that's know. actually the one I saw, which I I yeah. thought was wild. You know, I I even think that it's probably. Uh, well, I don't know. Government's done some things, so it's kind of hard to, you know, I, I don't believe right now that there's any evidence to suggest that the police or any other gov- government agency is distributing fireworks. Um, I'd be happy to be corrected if I'm wrong. Uh, so that that's a bridge too far for me right now. Um, the idea that they're supplying them and then also like hoping to go and raid communities without raising awareness because they've created this war-like um, feeling in the communities is, is pretty far for me. Once again, somebody yeah. could maybe change my mind. But even even presented with the evidence, I don't know if I would believe it. Yeah, no, it would take a lot for me to, to figure that out or to, to you know, agree to that. Like I think what, what you said, I think there there could be some truth to that. There could be some like, well – you don't want us to respond to this stuff anyway. You're cutting our budgets. Why should we deal with this? Like, yeah. if we, yeah, like, if you don't want us, then go figure it out on your own. I, I think there's, there's there's some plausibility in that. And you can see some videos of, like, you know, I saw one of New York City. It was a bunch of kids shooting um, we had Roman candles at each other. They're having a Roman candle fight uh, in the middle of the street. And police, like, just kind of drove through it and did nothing. Which, to yeah. me, I'm like, I get why people would be upset by that, but also... This happened before this year, and also, if you haven't had a Roman candle fight, you haven't lived. No, I'm just kidding, guys. Say, Don't do like, that. It's I really feel like stupid. That's like a rite of passage. Yeah. To having a Roman candle fight. So you know. Listen, kids. Don't do that. <laughs> but also, don't do it at home. But if you do it at your friend's house, it might be okay. That's no. <laughs> don't don't. Hopefully, it's, it's no a dumb idea, listening. but it's not. It's not an uncommon thing, right? And I don't think kids should be like arrested for that. It is stupid. It is dangerous. You can hurt yourselves. Uh, you can you can catch buildings on fire. It's a bad idea. You got to be really careful, like when you're treating, you know, or dealing with fireworks. But I think, but I think there's there's definitely some merit to what you had to say. But the simplest explanation, I think, probably the right answer. People are just bored. Just bored. Could be. Yeah. It is. But I, I I do gotta say though. I mean, somebody's got a, a serious fireworks budget. Because uh, it's just nonstop not, all night long, you know. You ain't spending that money on bars anymore. What else are you gonna do? You, you know what? That's that's a good point. I guess I don't really spend much time in bars, and I do hear from friends how much it costs to go to the bars. So yeah, I guess I guess the bar money maybe switched over to fireworks money. Um, <laughs> I guess that's a possibility. And you know, in addition to that, it's been hard to get firearms. So maybe people are like, well, can't get guns. Can't get alcohol. Guess I gotta get fireworks. I don't know. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Radio Free New York. We'll be back same time, same place tomorrow.